No, Bridget. Kingway Fox Beard Lock is acting very weird. Captain Pike, Cisco's wife, Klingons, and the afterlife. Boimler, Tendi's dog, Ransom is very harsh. Four drive, black alert, Giorgio has gone berserk. Teacher, bad left, Edward is an idiot, Fox is dead, Wolf is wed, Chekhov's wearing red. Data's cat, Kempak's hat, Q has had enough of that, beam me up, make it so, everybody let's go. We are Well, good evening, Trekkies and Trekkers around the globe. It is Thursday, December 22nd, 2022. It is 7.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. That means we are live. And that means that you can let your fingers do the walking and call Trek Talking right now. That's right, 646-668-2433 is our phone number. And we will be here with you live for the next two hours. So give us a call. We would absolutely love to hear from you. But if you're not listening to the show live, and it happens to be Tuesday or Saturday, and you still want to get all your latest Trek information, Eric, Eric, how can our fans get the latest podcast and the latest information? Jim, we love to make it as easy as possible, so we name the website after the podcast. TrekTalking.com is the joint you want to go to for all your Trek needs. That's right. Very easy. TrekTalking.com. And there you will find links to our Facebook page and all of our previous podcasts all in one place. A really cool blog with all kinds of great Star Trek info and pictures and bios, not only of myself, but of my awesome Trek experts. So head on over there and get all your Star Trek fix in. And, and, and Paul, Paul, if people just wanted to go and, like, and see what you look like and find out just a tit a tad about you, where would they go for that information? Well, Jim, what you'd need to do is you'd need to uh, send me uh, via uh, crypto uh, 25 bars of gold pressed platinum, and then I will send you a link that takes you to a dark web Reddit site that will actually have many full-color high-res photos of me in an assortment of different costumes, all of which are Star Trek related, of course, or if you're feeling a little bit thin on the platinum side because it's the holidays, I'll give you a break, and you can just go to trektalking.com. What's that again? Trektalking.com. I can't hear you. Trektalking.com. And you can see me there. Um, I'm actually a picture of me with uh, my uh, wingman, uh, so you can see my, uh, my son's there with me too, uh, always there, uh, making sure I don't get in trouble. But right there on trektalking.com, there are about us pages that talk us about pictures of what we look like uh, in various guises, uh, little bits of blurby biographical information, uh, all clean and suitable for a family audience. Does that answer yeah. your question? That answers my question perfectly. And before brilliant. we go too far, guys, um, I want to introduce my truck first. Of course, I'm the most awesome Uncle Jim, and I'm coming to you live from Rutland, Vermont, where we're expecting up to 100-mile-an-hour winds. 
and heavy rains to come through here. So hopefully this podcast will continue and endure. But if it doesn't, my trek spurts are ready. And we'll start off with, well, we're not going to go to Portland yet. We're going to go over to Las Vegas, Nevada, and we're going to say hello to Charles. How are you doing tonight, Charles? I'm doing good, enjoying myself in the little pocket of weather that's not getting weather. We're getting a few clouds coming over. I think they're heading towards Portland to add more snow. And uh, we might actually get a chance to actually warm up a bit and see some 70s or 60s this weekend. Wow. All right. Well, that's what's going on in Las Vegas. And let's swing over to Portland where we have our trifecta back together again. And we'll start off with David, the not donut guy tonight. How you doing, David? Well, I feel pretty good not to be the donut guy. I'd rather be the triple guy, but, you know, it's pretty good. I'm I'm doing great. <laughs> well, maybe next week you can be the donut guy. But tonight, tonight, your mantle <laughs> of donut guy has been stolen, stolen from you by another ah. Portlander, our very own Eric. How you doing, Eric? I am doing great, and I would like to wish a happy festival, Chag Sameach, to all my Jewish friends out there on this fifth night of Hanukkah. Uh, yeah, tonight we're actually making siskanyot down in my kitchen. My teenage kid is working on it right now. I think the dough is rising as we speak, so I'm very excited about that. So, yeah, I hope anybody who celebrates out there is having a great fifth night, and uh, I am super excited to talk about this awesome episode of Prodigy. It was awesome. And wrapping up our trifecta, our hat trick from Portland, our very own toy guy slash wine guy, Paul himself. How you doing tonight, Paul? I'm doing well, man. I'm doing well, Uncle Jim. Coming to you here from uh, the city that is about to be affectionately known as Ice Station Zebra for the foreseeable <laughs> future. I've been looking at all, I mean, we're not alone, man. The whole country is just like ground zero. I mean, it's just every radar map I've seen is purple, unless you're lucky enough to live in Southern Cali. It's just nuclear, man. We're getting creamed. Uh, it's like I've seen some folks who are in, looking at like in Wyoming and the Idaho Panhandle and Colorado and some parts of those states, man. It's like, you know, 40, 50 below. I mean, it's crazy. It's like, so, so I hope people are, are keeping safe uh, we're going to get some kind of an ice storm tonight overnight. So hopefully we won't, uh, you know, we just got to do what you got to do. And here at, uh, at, uh, house Paul, uh, one of the lesser known, but more venerable Klingon houses, we drink is what we do when there's an ice storm. We drink and we tell stories of the other toy collectors that we fought for the last toy on the peg. <laughs> he tried to get his hands on that, uh, <laughs> Oh, that's my Fantastic Four, and I, I, I whipped out my, uh, and I said, that is my card, last one. And we grappled there in the toy aisle, and I emerged victorious. So that's, we spend a lot of time, you know, Eric is a, a member of House Paul as well, and he often comes over here with his, and uh, we tell similar stories. So, um, uh, But he's so busy in the kitchen, uh, you know, baking these days, baking, you know, doing things, making, you know, special Gawk recipes and whatnot. It's it's you know it's hard to get them over. So we're gonna have to see what happens. We may meet at neutral ground in an icy plain and do combat and tell tales of uh, what we raise our flag against. That could happen in the next couple of days, Eric. 
pretty sure it's going to. Well, pretty sure. Yeah. You better be careful yeah. though, because Eric knows how to handle a bat lift because he's handled mine. So you better watch. I yourself. have, I have wielded oh, boy. it. Yeah. That is true. Yeah. It's I true. thought all those photos pictures. had been destroyed. Oh, well. There's pictures <laughs> on Facebook to prove it. <laughs> Great. So, awesome. Yeah, there are the evidence. So we, as of right now, as of a few minutes before we went live, we have 120,401 downloads of this podcast, which is phenomenal. And over on our Facebook page, by the way, and Charles, Charles, if our fans wanted to find us on Facebook, what is the quickest, easiest way for them to find us on Facebook? Well, some of us might just type Trek Talking or go to a special link with Facebook and go to the Facebook page. Uh, the other people, if they want to go to fa- if they want to go to TrekTalking.com and click on the link there to take them there. If you're not already a fan, automatically seeing our posts anyway. Exactly. And you will find a link right there to take you to our Facebook page, which is awesome. And over on our Facebook page, we have 105,235 likes on our Facebook page, which is absolutely awesome. So thank you to each and every one of you guys. Uh, Before we get started with the show, though, I have to play for you guys uh, this this awesome uh, commercial, which Eric was kind enough to put together for us, and uh, we're going to talk about it in a second. Alien Con is back. Join us March 4th through 5th at the Pasadena Convention Center for a weekend of exploration and meet your favorite experts from ancient aliens, the secret of Skidwalker Ranch, the unexplained, and the proof is out there. Tickets at thealiencon.com. Did you say so we, Skidwalker Ranch? Yep, Skywalker, Skywalker Ranch. Yep. What is it called? Skidwalker Ranch, yeah. Like yep. S-K-I-N? Yeah. Skid, yep. Okay, thank you. I, I thought I heard Skidwalker, and I was so Skid, really confused. No, Skid, no. no S-K-I-N. So we have, we have right now, I have a pair of tickets for the convention in Pasadena. What? And I want to give them to you. That's right. I want to give them to you out of the kindness of my heart, because I'm awesome. That's what Uncle Jim does. He gives stuff away to fans. So all you have to do to get a pair of tickets to AlienCon is go to trekdawkin.com, and the bottom right-hand corner, you will see a blue microphone. And that microphone, you click on it, and you have two minutes and 35 seconds to leave us a message and tell us why you deserve the tickets to Alien Con. And the best message wins. So head on over to trucktalking.com and tell us why you deserve the tickets. And hopefully you'll be going off to Alien Con and you can give us a report from there and tell us how awesome it was. So head on over to trucktalking.com and tell us why you deserve the tickets to Alien Con. It's that simple. And while you're there, you will see an ad for Alien Con, and if you're not sure what it's all about, you can click on that, and you can find out all the information, where it's being held, who's going to be there. The whole, the whole ball of wax, as they say, can be found at trektalkin.com. I'm sensing a theme here, 
in, in the podcast. It sounds like one-stop shopping to me, Jim. That's like a American ideal, isn't it? Yeah. Trucktalking.com. <laughs> I'm telling you. In fact, like, I was, uh, you know, were you guys at the meeting where Jim showed us all the R&D stuff he's working on for the oh, yeah. upcoming things? Yeah. yeah, yeah, he's, yeah. Jim's working on figuring out how to attach a tap handle to trucktalking.com. It's going to happen. When that happens, I am super excited. I will be at the front of that line. I'm here to tell you. Dude, a truck talking whiskey is only a matter of years away. Yeah, I see it. I see it clearly. I see you. I see it. We we did have truck talking blood wine, and then we did have Picard's. uh, We had a whole fireside chat. We're working on another one with some Romulan uh, products, which we'll let you guys know how that works out. But right now, Right now, we like to say thank you to our fans because without you guys, well, we'd be talking to ourselves, and no one wants to hear that. No, so, yeah. So every week, I go to our Facebook page and uh, I pick twenty lucky listeners. And how do you become a lucky listener? Well, when you go to our Facebook page, which you can link to through trucktalking.com, at the top of the page, you will see a uh, live long and prosper. And just go in there and say, hey, you know, I'm listening in Oklahoma or Okefenokee or Germany or wherever you're listening from. If you see a heart next to your name from yours truly, Uncle Jim, that means that you are going to be mentioned in a future fan shout out. Your name will be immortalized for all of eternity as not only a truck talking supporter, but a fan of Star Trek. So that is awesome. So, Eric. Do you want to get us started with our fan shout-outs for this week? Oh, man, Jim, I would like nothing better because my very first fan shout-out this week goes to Kimbo White, who is saying hello to us from way down under. That's right, in Melbourne, in the beautiful province of Victoria, Australia, sending us that Australian flag and a little heart. Kimbo, thank you so much for listening to us, and we're sending out a big live long and prosper to you as well. We're also saying hello this week to Deborah Solomon, who's just across, well, not just across the pond, born just across the pond. She was born in the UK, but now currently living close to down under, but in the Kiwi Zone in New Zealand. Deborah Solomon, thank you so much for listening to us. Janet Ford from Leicester, England, saying hello to you as well. Thank you so much for listening to us and sending out a big kapla to you. And my final shout out goes out to that tiny little island way out in the ocean to Dave Gonzalez, who is saying hello from Trinidad and Tobago. Dave, thank you so much for carrying the torch way, way out there. I don't know that I'll ever be able to visit, but uh, it seems like a unique and joyous lifestyle out there. Thank you so much for saying hello. Charles, who would you like to say hello to? Let's start off with Flagar. Boltagon from North Carolina <clears throat> giving us a live long and prosper sign. Carol Hoffman <clears throat> from the San Francisco Bay Area. Dorothy Lacey Kurtz from Philadelphia suburbs. Suburbia, somewhere in Philadelphia. Top fan Tim Kazak. Colonel from Baltimore, Maryland. Jim gave me some interesting pronunciations. David, hopefully he gave you some easier ones. 
Okay, let's see. I have Robert Chase from Central Florida, USA. I also have uh, Marissa Rios Bellas from Klamath Falls, Oregon, with a little heart next to it. I got Helen George from Texas, USA, and John Gassetto from Middleborough, Massachusetts, USA. And Paul, who's on your list? Oh, gosh, man, all kinds of folks, and uh, I seem to have the intercontinental uh, realm here today, which is absolutely fantastic. I'm getting a fabulous uh, and proud live long and prosper hand sign from Denny Vern MacArthur, uh, that's uh, calling out to us from Lower Hutt in New Zealand, live long and prosper. Now, Denny, um, I don't know if we ever shopped at the same store, but I used to live in uh, Upper Java hut in uh, New Zealand uh, a long time ago, but you're in Lower Hut, so I don't know. If you're ever in Java, uh, stop by and say hi. Uh, top fan Patrick Reitz in Frankfurt am Main, Germany, is also flashing the live long and prosper sign. Patrick, it's great to hear from you. Thanks for being an enthusiastic fan of all things travel. And uh, next door neighbor, just down the road in uh, Munich in Germany, is Matthias Schorer in uh, Munich. It is great to see so much European gusto represented in the Star Trek community. A big convention mayhem happening out there. Friends, I would love to join you. And finally, for me, in the UK, we have Shane Cosey. Shane Cosey in Forest of Dean in Gloucestershire in uh, the UK. So that's my uh, lovely group of individuals today. Let's pass it back over to Uncle Jim. Well, first of all, we'd like to give a huge shout-out to Marie Haley, who's listening to us in upstate New York. Um, Yeah, okay, that's pretty cool. Upstate New York is a pretty vast area. Um, The Albany area, maybe? I don't know. But thank you for listening to Maria Haley. We also want to say thank you to Maggie Lambert, who's just outside Baltimore, Maryland, flashing us the live long and prosper. We also want to say kapla to Schwarzer Todd, who's residing in New Jersey. And top fan, Ido Polanski, who's in New York City, Queens to be exact, the home of the New York Mets. Let's go Mets. Um, Wow, $800 million they spent in the offseason on their team. Just mind-boggling. And uh, I want to give one special fan shout-out to some friends who are in Albany, New York, who sadly enough are both down with COVID right now and uh, have to stay in. So I want to say live long and prosper and kapla to Jerry and Ellen. I hope you guys are feeling better. And that wraps up our fan shout outs. But before we do that, we do have some callers on the line, guys. You want to talk to some real honest to goodness Star Trek fans before we get to our Star Trek birthdays? Absolutely. Absolutely. All right, let's see. I've got two here. Let's see who this one is. If my thing will work. Hello. Hey, good evening. Thank you for calling Trek Talk. And what's your name and where are you calling us from tonight? Shannon, I'm calling from Kentucky. Yay, hey, Shannon. What's Hello. up, girl? <laughs> How are well, I you up, doing? I made a Star Trek tree this year. I made its own tree because it had so many ornaments. So it's, it's set up now. Well, that's awesome. That is. In, mm-hmm. Do you have a talking tree topper of the Enterprise? I do. Mm-hmm. Oh man, I, I I saw that at Hallmark, and the wife said no. 
You're not getting that. Well, and I, I got it a few I, years ago when it was on sale. It was the last one they had in the box. So I'm like, at that point, but yeah, that was like three years ago so when it came out. Uh, you know, but uh, I even, you know, I, I tried, but she said no. But hey, you know, yeah, what are you going to do? Fast. I just bought it myself. <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> that's, that's cool. That is cool. Mm-hmm. Well, welcome to the show, Shannon. It's been a while. I'm mm-hmm. glad that you had some time to hang out with us tonight. That is awesome. You guys, mm-hmm. uh, we have another caller on the line here. Let's see. You want to talk to someone else, guys? Of course. Sure. Okay, well, here's one. Here. Let's see. For some reason, my thing is picking up real. There we go. Good evening. Thank you for calling Trek Talk. And what's your name? And where are you calling us from tonight? Kabla, my brothers. Hey, Ray. Hey, Ray. Buddy. Hey, Ray. Hey, down there. Hey, Merry Christmas, guys. Merry Christmas, yeah. Ray. Merry Christmas. Yeah, one, yeah, one more day, Merry man. Christmas, I'm, on, I'm on vacation, man. One more day, man. I'm on vacation until <laughs> January, man. I'm so I'm looking forward to this. <laughs> Lots of time to catch well, up on. To, you know, looking forward to spend time, you know, you know to spend time with my family, everybody else, you know what I'm saying, and give me a break from work for a week. I'm for 13 days. <laughs> Everybody needs a break. Hey, man. Well, yeah. But listen, I mean, listen, guys. I I just went to a historical day on this one. Now let's see. I can let's see. We remember this. Um, let's see. Wolf in the Fold came out December twenty second, nineteen sixty seven. That's when um Sky Sky was charged for murder, with killing. I mean, with, with killing women. They tried to like what Jack the Ripper. Remember that? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. I, I just finished watching it a while ago. Yeah. yeah, that's a great episode. Yeah. Yeah. I know. Uh, I know. I think my, I pretty much I watched it a little, a little while ago. Cause I was like, you know, I walked in and everything else. But you know, I mean, I mean, I mean, so, I mean, so how do we get down there? Y'all still got snow over there, or, or I mean, I mean, or, or I mean, or it's gone? Not here in Portland, that's for sure. But Jim's probably got some. Yeah, we oh, got okay. some. Okay. Rutland. Yeah. Ray. Yeah, I'm here. Got a question? Got a question for you. Go ahead. I've heard last week you mentioned something about education. You work for a school system? Yes. <clears throat> okay. You're getting your vacation starting end of Friday. We had, had, right, we, had last... we started out we started hours last week. We started yeah, we finished yeah, hours yeah. off. So so we got this we got this week and next week off. You got next week and the week after off. Well, actually, um, actually, actually, it's a week and three days because I have what because 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 New Year's Day falls on a Sunday, yep. but I mean, I mean, they change it, they change it out to um a Monday, you know, a Monday yep. because because it's on Sunday. So I don't think yep. I'm not going back to work until uh, January the third. Oh, so you only get a week off. We get two. So it's thirteen days, but better than nothing. Yeah. Oh, I I've, I've been loving two weeks off. Believe me, having this week off been great and not having to deal with the kids. Man, listen, like I, I said. Guarantee I, I, they're I, bouncing. I guarantee you for you, your your kids are bouncing off the walls by now. Oh, yes, they did. Yes, they did. Yes, 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 they do. Because I work, I work for the cafeteria. That's what I do. I, I, work, I, work, I work for the cafeteria. That's what I do. I've been doing ah. this job for 18 years. I've been, I've been on this job for 18 years, man. And like I said, wow. and like I said before. Like I said before, it's not it's not getting it's, I mean it's, it's not getting it's, it's getting a little, little more harder. You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. At the end of the day, though, 
Yo, I love these kids that say everything else. That make you know what I'm saying? That make my whole day. Awesome. Wow. Yeah. Ray, what what kind of weather are you expecting down in the Bronx? You getting the are you part of this big storm front that, that everyone else is getting? Not yeah, right I mean I mean right now right now it's rain right now. It it rain it, it rain like it, it's like a um hard hard and like you know like you know like hard and less. Because right now it's gonna rain all night on Friday. It start around Okay, when I left out of work, I think I left out of work at three o'clock, right? So I just remember to start before that. Cause, I mean, because I left out, you know what I'm saying? I mean, it, 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 it was like hard. It was, I mean, everything was wet up. But right, about, so right now, we just having rain right now. And it's going to be rain tomorrow, too. So I said, I said, that's fine. Because the last day, I said, that's fine. Because you know what? I, I, I was hoping to be a white Christmas this year. I, I really wanted to. Like I, said, like I said before, we didn't have that white Christmas in a long time. Well, uh, we've got we've got it up here. You can you can have some of our snow, Ray. I'll I'll ship I it down to you. Send it to me. Send it to me. <laughs> I send it. I, I send it. to me. Shoot, shoot. I send send it right to me. When you guys wait, make a postmark. I send it right to me. <laughs> I'll send it right down. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, so we're... guys, let me go ahead and say, yeah. I, 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 let me go. I got I got I, I just walk in the house. Um, I'm going to ask you a question. Um, y'all gonna be on the air next week, right? On on next Thursday on, on next week. Yeah, so, right? Yep. Yeah. Okay, okay, okay. So let's say, Merry Christmas to y'all and your family. You know, so enjoy. And I'll create, I'll create guys before before 2023 comes up. All right, you too, brother. Yeah. Thanks All a right, lot, Ray. Take care now. You have All a right, Merry Christmas. Bullet. You take care. All right. Bye-bye, All right. Ray. Later. All right, guys. So that was Ray. Ray is listening to us down in the Bronx, down in New York City, the home of the New York Yankees. Crosstown rival of my Queen's Mets, and uh, we have, as a Red Sox fan, I have to hiss every time I hear the word Yankees. You understand? <laughs> we have another caller on the line, guys. This is a what? record. I don't think we've ever started the show with three callers in a row. Maybe it's a sign. Maybe TrekTalking.com is working out for us. I don't know. So uh, let's see here if, if I can get my thing to answer this call. Sometimes it doesn't. Sometimes it does. There we go. Good evening. Thank you for calling Trek Talking. What's your name and where are you calling us from tonight? Uh-huh. Hello? Caller? All right. That one ending going to work out. No, we, we <laughs> lost our caller. Hey, I tried. Uh-huh. So we had two to start off the show. That's still nothing to laugh at. That's not a bad thing. All right, guys, so we had a couple callers. We had some fun, and, but we do have Shannon with us, and that's always a good thing, by the way. Uh, now, now it is time for our Star Trek birthdays. Klingon song. All right, guys, this is the part of the show where we have our Star Trek birthdays. Um, I, I had to do some digging for this week's Star Trek birthdays, but that's okay. That's cool. But we always start off our Star Trek birthdays by remembering those members of our Star Trek family who, sadly enough, are no longer with us. And for that, we turn to Eric. 
Yeah, Jim, perhaps in celebration of the season, we only have five remembrances to talk about tonight. So our very first remembrance goes out to actor William Zuckert, who played Johnny Behan in the TOS episode Spectre of the Gun. Um, he lived till the ripe old age of about 81 years old um, and had a career spanning over half a century, was a frequent guest star on all those old-timey shows like Honeymooners, Gunsmoke, uh, My Favorite Martian, Barnaby Jones, etc., etc., um, had his very first uncredited appearance as a bartender in a movie uh, called Odds Against Tomorrow in 1959. And uh, this is my favorite part of his bio. His final film appearance was as a gigantic mutant old man in Geriatric Park, a short skit spoofing Jurassic Park in 1994's The Naked Gun 33 and a third, which I'm sure that we have all seen. Uh, Mark Alimo also starring, of course, in that movie. So uh, Bill Zucker uh, was one of those guys who you probably saw several times and didn't even realize it. So happy birthday and remembrances going out to actor Bill Zucker. Also saying happy birthday this week to actor Jimmy Skaggs. Uh, Jimmy Skaggs was known as playing Glenn Bohica, a Cardassian in the DS9 episode, The Wire. In my opinion, one of the best episodes of DS9. Love that episode so well. If you haven't, or so good. If you have not watched The Wire recently, you should probably should go back and check it out again. Bohika, as you know, well, as you may not know, I always love to draw parallels between um, characters and the game Star Trek Attack Wing. He has a very awesome card. If your ship has a Battle Stations token, Beside it, when you attack, you may convert one blank result into a hit result. That is a great card. But moreover, the actor also co-starred with George Takei in the Oblivion films from 1994 to 1996, and also did a couple other movies like Cutthroat Island and Hollow Man along the way. So Jimmy Skaggs would have had a birthday this week. Happy birthday to Jimmy Skaggs. Also saying happy birthday this week to Rudy Soleri. Uh, great last name, a uh, famous architect named Solari. If you don't know him, look him up. Uh, Rudy played Salish in the TOS episode The Paradise Syndrome, uh, one of those actors who was cast in a role uh, other than uh, his uh, own race, which was kind of interesting back in the day. But this guy starred in lots and lots of uh, guest things back in the day, Gunsmoke, Outer Limits, Mission Impossible, um, Quincy M.E., etc., made his film debut back in 1961 in Judgment at Nuremberg. And uh, unfortunately, we lost him uh, really early in his life, aged 56 in 1991. So Rudy Soleri would have had a birthday just yesterday on December 21st. Happy birthday and remembrances going out to him. Also, happy birthday this week to George Eady, who played the holographic parallax colony poet, in TNG's episode, Cost of Living, if you have no idea what I'm talking about, you should watch Cost of Living again. Very interesting character um, who likes to enjoy life. Um, he had a weirdly short entry on Memory Alpha that I think somebody needs to pay a little bit of attention to. So if any of our fans listening out there want to pay a little love and respect to George Eady, uh, it would probably be greatly appreciated. He does have more on his IMDb page, including movie credits like Serpico, and The World According to Garp. Uh, he was also in several television episodes, 13 episodes of The Edge of Night as Dr. Jeremy Stewart. He was on a couple of soaps like Ryan's Hope and All My Children, was on Spencer for Hire, 
and made his final appearance as an elderly man on Spin City in the 90s. So happy birthday to George Eady. And our final remembrance this week goes out to Ben Cross, Harold Bernard Cross, who, of course, portrayed Sarek in the Star Trek uh, 2009 movie, the, the first of the Kelvin movies. Um, so a slightly different take on that character, which I thought was refreshing and cool. Um, if you don't know, Ben Cross was actually originally considered for the role of Benjamin Sisko in Deep Space Nine. So he's got uh, some acting wow, chops. no kidding. Yeah, no kidding, man. We I did had... not know that. That is fascinating. Yeah. That was interesting, interesting alternate universe there. There you go. There you go. He had a couple of crossovers. Um, he is kind of one of those classic actors, uh, British actors, hailing from London, uh, and he's a graduate of the Royal Academy of Dramatic Arts in Bloomsbury Cross. Um, he made his feature film debut in 1977 in a war film, uh, has done a couple other things, did a PBS miniseries, was in that very short-lived series in the 90s, you might remember, called Dark Shadows. He was a vampire. Uh, Barnabas he was great Collins. in that. That's an underrated remake, man. It really is, and I kind of He was Barnabas. People... He was Barnabas Collins. And, he was. Uh, yeah, yeah, which is a tough, tough you know, part to fill, you know, because iconic as the first one was. But that's we watched it a couple of years ago, and that really holds up. That's a good remake. It, totally it, agree. It definitely deserves a look. He's a... You've done some terrific stuff over the years, right? Really good actor. He's got that look, and he has the chops to do it. Um, I mean, he even played, like, Captain Nemo in 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea, played Prince Charles, played Emperor Tiberius and Ben-Hur. So this guy's been all over the place. Um, we just lost him a couple of years ago, August of 2020, from cancer, unfortunately. So Ben Cross uh, would have had a birthday a few days ago on the 16th. Happy birthday to Ben Cross. And that... Uh, folks, ends our remembrances. So, Charles, why don't you carry the uh, birthday candle from here on with those who are still with us? I sure will. Uh, a few of them I got details on. A few of them I didn't really get much in details of them. Start off with Melanie Smith, who was the third and final and most frequent actor who played Tora Zayel on DS9 in six episodes. Most known for her work in As the World Turns in 204 episodes. Wow. Another of our soap opera stars. Barry Gordon played a Ferengi, Neva, in, D- in DS9's episode The Nagus. <clears throat> uh, quite a bit of work in his time, many years. A couple of big things for him was he is known for being the voice of the Nesquik Bunny. He was also Donatello from 87 to 96 in the animated teenage, the original animated Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle. Very... Turtle shell. Yeah. Very easy, a very raspy, easy to tell voice. Sam Hennings betrayed Ramsey in TS9's Angel One. Buell M. Billingsley played Captain Frank Abbott in Star Trek Into Darkness. Eva Luth 
played Riska in DS9's episode Life Support. And this one I'm surprised Jim didn't take for himself. As we recognize some of these characters. This one, a lot of our current fans are going to recognize. A very happy birthday to Michelle Hurd, who played Ra- uh, Raffi Musica in Star Trek Picard, season one and two, and hopefully in season three. We love you, Raffi. A couple of Woo! good roles. Actually, I've seen Raffi's character doesn't get as much developed in the Picard series as much as she gets some great development in books. I've seen some good stories about her in the books. There's a little mini, uh, a little mini drama. That was good. The latest book does some good discussion about, uh, good details about her. Uh, in her past, she also did a couple of episodes of Beyond Belief, Factor Fiction, which we know from a executive officer who starred in that one. Also spent time in several episodes of Law and Order SVU. And several other shows. If anybody wants to discuss anything about Michelle Hurd, otherwise She's I'll awesome. pass it on to Paul. Yep. Yep. All right. Let me jump in here, gang. Thanks, Charles. First of all, You're happy welcome. birthday goes goes out to Ronnie Rowe Jr. appeared as communications officer R. A. Bryce in Star Trek Discovery. Needed uh, more screen time. Always, Sorry. always, it's, uh, you know, it's those uh, first couple seasons of a show, right? They're always like, who are we going right, to they, they, and But they never really went there with He's a great character that they never de- developed enough to me. I feel like there's I a lot of those, right. especially in the first the first year or two of the show, yeah. right? So but there we're, was like any of them hungry. that could have. It's true. We're different. We're hungry for different things these days, though. So we kind of want like development of those minor characters, whereas back in the day, we didn't necessarily care as much about that. So yeah, yeah. give me more. The only saving grace is that Barry didn't let them develop. Like he kept them static. Yeah. What's that? Yeah. I thought that Roddenberry told them to keep them static. He didn't develop the characters individually. Uh, well, they had to develop. You know, Kirk yeah. had to be developed. Well, yeah. Didn't R.A. Bryce, didn't, didn't his character take off with Kovich? At yeah. yeah. He did, but we never, but we still know absolutely nothing about the guy. And he was on the bridge literally in almost every episode of Discovery in the first many, many seasons. And we just like, we he communicates every once in a while. They throw him a line every now and then. But I want more Ronnie Rowe Jr. Come on now. Yeah, late. he's got a lot of but charisma, you know. But you know, what are you going to do? It's just, yeah. uh, it's, it's a, you know, cutthroat business, right? And uh, and the loudest, squeakiest wheels often get the parts, right? Whoever has the most aggressive agent, a lot of times it's that, right? Who has the most drinks with the writer, right? Who, who you know, a <laughs> lot of things we don't uh, have privy to. So we'll just, you know, leave yeah, it that and true. move on. Yep. Happy birthday all to Kimberly, not Kimberly, but Kimberly Renee, who played Tapel. The Vulcan wife of Tuvok in Voyager's episode Bliss. 
a little interesting sidebar there. Very interesting. I have to go back and check that out. I had forgotten that Tuvok uh, had that reality. So there you go. Uh, and uh, happy birthday also to James Sai, who voiced uh, Kaltoris. In the Lower Decks episode of Mathematically Perfect Redemption, that folks have all well, let's forget that uh, one. Let's forget that one. Opinions about. Yeah. Ignore it and move on. <laughs> okay. <laughs> the way a lot of people do about Star Trek Five. Different <laughs> 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 people are gonna like. Do you? Different oh. jokes for different people, Tim. Some people love one thing, and other people love another. Some people like Sicilian pizza. Some people can't stand it. It just depends. What are you gonna do? Happy birthday also to Jason Mansukas, and I am thrilled to be able to wish this guy a happy birthday because Jason Mansukas, dude, if you're listening, I want you to come on the show. Please. Okay, you're an absolutely awesome actor. Who is Jason Mansukas? Well, he's done a ton of great stuff, but I got to give him a shout out from one main thing in particular. Woo. Who am I talking about? Who talks to themselves in the third person all the time? Why is Jenkins Pog being asked to come on this, this podcast of Jenkins Pog? Because he voices Jenkins Pog on Star Trek Prodigy, the very show that's you know currently on the airwaves right now. He's fantastic. Uh-huh. I love this guy. He's awesome. Also, fun fact, if you're a Jason fan, um, anyone remember uh, last year? I didn't really watch it myself, but there was a miniseries about Pam uh, Pamela Anderson and Tommy Lee, Pam and Tommy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, nope. I'll just mention that uh, Tommy Lee is known for having some rather sizable equipment, and let's just yeah. leave it at that. I could be talking about his yeah. motorhome. I could be talking about his speedboat. I'll let you, the <laughs> audience, fill in the plan yeah. there. However, they joined, in a whimsical note, they decided to give a voice to said piece of equipment, and our friend Jason is the voice of Tommy's <laughs> equipment. That's right. He's credited, <laughs> and if you look at the IMDb, he's credited, yes, friends, as Tommy Lee's penis. And we'll just leave One it One of the only that, people so. I know of, uh, you know, to be credited as such. Yeah, and I know that Jason Mansukas <laughs> wears that proudly. <laughs> because that's a badge of honor. And uh, I can't wait for – I want more Jenkins Pog because, to me, he's one of my favorite characters. He's got so much energy. Um, he's completely redefined what our perceptions are about Tellarites in the most charming and uh, engaging way. Uh, wonderful work going on there, uh, Jason. Uh, God, it would be great to have you on this show. I, I have a suspect, suspicion that it would be hilarious. And also, happy birthday to another uh, luminary that we're seeing uh, not that often, but when we do, she cuts quite a swath and makes an indelible on Strange New World, I'm talking about actor Melanie Scrofano, who plays Captain Patel on that show. Who is Captain Patel? Well, you might say Captain Patel is uh, Captain Pike's friends with benefits, right, if you will. Um, They seem to hang out a lot. She is also um, a starship commander in her own right. She's not just, you know, somebody who's not competent. She kind of holds his feet to the flame and asks him to... Figure out what you need to do, Chris. But she is commanding officer of the USS Cayuga, uh, which I love. The Cayuga is great. The Cayuga Nation is a member of the Iroquois Alliance of Native American Tribes. So very cool name for your starship there, uh, if you want my opinion, uh, Captain Patel. Pretty damn cool. So I'm hoping we see more of that character because it's really interesting to uh, uh, to see – 
characters having ongoing relationships. And a lot of times, especially if you're the captain, you don't see that kind of uh, ability to make commitments uh, or that ability to have an ongoing relationship because there's the idea you need to be above that somehow. And I really like what uh, what she's done in terms of just hinting at their relationship. So I think that's something that's uh, hopefully we'll see more of in the upcoming season. And finally, for me, a uh, really cool uh, part here, Erica Lynn Bryant is also having a birthday this week. Uh, Erica Lynn played uh, as the young Annika Hansen in flashbacks in the infamous Voyager episode Scorpion Part 2 and The Raven, where we learned a whole lot about everybody's favorite uh, Borg who, uh, let's say, fashionably dressed Borg and leave it at that. So those are my uh, shout-outs this week. Some really awesome people there. Again, Jason Mansukas. Jenkin Pog <laughs> needs to come on this talk show, okay? Jenkin Pog yes. needs to call his agent and say it's okay to do, Jenkin Pog. And we'll talk more about uh, Jenkin Pog in our review of this episode in just a few short minutes. But in the meantime, to talk about all things Klingon and all kinds of other nonsense, here is Uncle Jim. Well, I've got seven birthdays. And then we're going to move on to Prodigy. So seven more to go, guys. First, we want to say happy birthday to Joel Brooks, who played Follow in DS9's episode, Move Along Home. And on that, we're going to move along on to the next birthday. (laughs) (laughs) There we go. Uh, We want to say happy birthday to Barry Vaughn, who voiced Captain Mayer in Lower Decks episode, Mining the Mines Mines and the Stars at Night. Uh, this next one is awesome. Uh, we want to say happy birthday to Dina Meyer, who played Commander Donatra in Star Trek Nemesis. She also played Dizzy in Starship Troopers, which I happen to enjoy that movie. But Eric, Eric, I think you have some interesting info on her as well, do you not? On Donatra? On her yeah. uh, Star Trek Attack Wing situation? Uh, it's a, absolutely, it's a must-have. Yeah, I mean, I got to say that she is one of the most important cards to have in Star Trek Attack Wing. And if you actually do not ha- currently have a Denatra, um, there's actually just released, I believe, on November 30th, were two new faction packs for Star Trek Attack Wing. There was a Federation faction pack, and there was a uh, Romulan faction pack that included all cloaked ships they look really really cool um david and i have had a play uh, a chance to throw these on the table and check them out they look really good but Donatra is a skill six captain cost four sp uh you can equip an elite talent to her and she says all other friendly ships within range one of your ship gain plus one attack die so if you're running a romulan fleet Donatra is an absolute must include uh, to get the, that plus one attack dice for your entire fleet. Yeah, that's a, that's a must-have. And moving on to our birthdays, we want to say happy birthday and kapla to Andy Dick, who played EMH Mark II, Voyager's episode Message in a Bottle. Uh, that's the one with the Prometheus. Where the one Included in the uh, new Federation faction pack, by the way. The Prometheus? Oh. The Prometheus is, yeah, there's a new Prometheus and there's a new Prometheus-class ship. So check it out. Mm. Yeah, got a really good um, card with yes. it, too. That's really yeah, awesome. Really good. 
like Prometheus class, if you're a fan of Star Trek Attack Wing, the Prometheus class literally has the best maneuver dial in the game. It's all white moves except for the reverse. Uh, it can go six forward. It can do turns for free. It's If you have no idea what I'm talking about, I'm sorry. But if you do know what I'm talking about, you <laughs> understand the value of that. <laughs> now, let me ask you, Eric, did they fix the multi-vectoral attack motor? Does it still suck? No, I have to tell you, Jim, uh, the new version is very cool. So as you will remember, the Prometheus in the episode is able to split into three different ships and actually attack from multi-vectors. And so there was always a multi-vector assault mode uh, card way back in the day. They have now fixed that. And so now the way that it works is you place two tokens very close to your ship, range one, but you can make an attack from your primary firing arc and then two additional attacks from those tokens against whatever ships you want. Uh, so it's like a three attack thing. And if you throw in some extra dice there from Denatra or other sources, uh, it's pretty deadly. So uh, I love it. I love the new Prometheus class. It is very special. And if you have not been into Star Trek Attack Wing before, now is a great time to jump back in. Absolutely. Uh, we also want to say happy birthday to Frank Lutz, who played the male host of the Trill Simeon named Odon in the TNG episode, The Host. This was before Jadzia Dax. This is what the Trill um, looked like prior to Deep Space Nine. So happy birthday to Frank Lutz. And um, I always save the Klingons for last, although she's not actually a Klingon. She was married to one and has the memories of one, kind of. Speaking of Trill, we want to say happy birthday to Nicole DeBoer, who portrayed Esri Dax during the seventh and final season of Star Trek Deep Space Nine. And as you guys probably all know, um, Jadzia Dax was married to Worf, and she hung out with Klingons all the time. She blood oath and Curzon and all these things. So in a way, uh, I guess Esri kind of is a Klingon, kind of. Uh, so happy birthday, Nicole. But but I do have a Klingon on my list. I saved the Klingons for last. And we want to say happy birthday and kapla to Blake Lindley, who plays Sinon in the DS9 episode, Once More Unto the Breach. And Eric, what does her attack wing card do? Uh, Sinon's card is uh, pretty good. So uh, as you know, there is, or as you may not know, there is a uh, action in Star Trek Attack Wing called Sensor Echoing, which allows your card to move kind of to the side. And Klingons and Romulans are both famous for Sensor sensor echoing and Sinon's card is the only card right now that allows you to uh, extend your movement from a one or a two maneuver template up to a three maneuver template. Um, I have to tell you that I think that there are some magic combinations in here, David, that I have not yet explored that you and I should take a look at because if you combine this card with Ro the new Romulan cloaking device from the new Romulan faction pack, I think it could be, and then extend the range of it via that one admiral that does that stuff, um, which you know what I'm talking about. I think that we can get some crazy stuff going on here where we can literally sensor echo with bank templates. Um, the new cloaking device allows you to do it with one or two templates. 
perhaps with Sinon and a combination of the new Admiral or the uh, the new Federation card, you can do a three bank. Uh, it's it's crazy. Star Trek Attack Wing is this crazy world right now. Sinon is a very unique card that uh, nobody else allows you to use that three template. Three with this, uh, Echo. And that, my friends, wraps up our Star Trek birthdays for this for this episode, which is awesome because now. It's time to talk about Star Trek Prodigy, Mind Walk, mm. Season 1, Episode 18. The Protostar and the Dauntless begin a standoff on the edge of Federation space. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> and as I've been doing, rather than playing sound bites, I like to play the Kate Mulgrew um, uh, lesson of the episode. And I also like to play mm. Vice Admiral um, Janeway's log. So here we go. This is Kate Mulgrew's lesson for the episode. Hello there. I'm Kate Mulgrew, and I voice Catherine Janeway in Star Trek Prodigy. This week's lesson is to keep an open mind. Everyone at times is guilty of assuming a situation or person is exactly what they seem. Don't you know who I am? No, we do not. So it's important that we stay neutral and allow room for the truth to reveal itself. I made quite a few assumptions about you, and they were all wrong. <laughs> this week, we saw my character, Vice Admiral Janeway, pursue the Protostar and its crew, assuming the worst about how Dahl and the others came to acquire her good friend Chakotay's ship. When she and Dahl swap bodies, <laughs> she finally hears their side of and remembers what she learned in Starfleet. When I was a cadet, I learned that a good officer keeps an open mind. All right, so there we go, guys. And every week, I ask you guys on our Facebook page, which you can get to very easily by going to trektalking.com. That's right, trektalking.com. You can link right over to our Facebook page and Every week I ask you guys, our Facebook fans, what did you think about this week's episode? And I ask you to score it on a scale of 1 to 10, with 10 being the best. And Eric, what did our Facebook fans have to say about Mindwalk? Well, Jim, Heather Noel DeMille gave it a 10. She said, I squealed like a little kid during this episode. Best yet. Three exclamation points. Love it, Heather. <laughs> Yvette B. Stevens also gave it a 10. It was one of the best episodes. Jason Felt said 8. I really like this one. Paul Schell said 9. Fun episode. Spencer Sawaki gave it an 8.7. Lost points for not being longer. Interesting. I didn't even look at the runtime. Josh Pritchard Jr. also Oh, is that what it is? Okay, well, there you go. Yeah. Josh, uh, Josh Pritchard Jr. gave it a 10, and Ron Cropper said he'll go with a solid 8. Dustin Wing is going to bring us back to reality, though. He gave it a 4. Nothing changes. It's just a fun filler episode before the end of the season. Top fan Kurt Nerboss gave it a 10, and Tate August Hulwick also gave it a 10. Um, so that sounds like a lot of 10s, but that four brings us down, people. So that gives us a fan score for this episode of 8.8. And, uh, you know, 8.8 ain't so bad. Uh, we have definitely had worse this season. Um, let me see. Our, our highest this season is a 9.7. 
and our lowest this season is a 6.9 from the fans. So 8.8 is definitely right up there. Let's chat. Absolutely. Right on. And we have our Vice Admirals log, which um, I pull off of Instagram, for those of you who haven't heard it. And uh, this is recorded after the after the current episode, but before the new one. It's kind of like an in-between thing. So here's Vice Admiral Janeway's log. Vice Admiral's log, stardate 61403.7. We're on the brink of disaster. After an unexpected incident swapping neural patterns with Dalvarel on the protostar, I've learned just how mistaken we've been. And I'm left with a splitting headache. Starfleet is in danger. The weapon aboard their ship is a malevolent device called the Living Construct, sent from an alternate future to destroy us. A Trojan horse designed to hijack Starfleet systems the moment a connection is made. Then our fleet will tear itself apart. Thanks to my holographic twin, I now know Chakotay, wherever he is, launched his ship prematurely from enemy hands, which means the weapon won't activate without a manual uplink from the protostar. His sacrifice bought us a sliver of hope. I fear it will be wasted. There are traitors on the Dauntless, Asensia, and I'm trapped in the brig using the security feed to record what happened here, if we survive. Well, uh, I want to start out with this one because I was initially, I was like, oh, no, I, I'm, I was so disappointed. You're going to say Freaky Friday, aren't you? I was, oh, I was <laughs> going to say Spock, Spock, but yeah, I was, I was disappointed. Uh, another body swap, this, just come on. Three bum episodes in a row. Um, let's be a little bit creative, but I got to tell you. I got to tell you, I was wrong. I loved this episode. I thought they did it in such a creative way. And mm-hmm. it was well done. And seeing, it, yeah, it was kind of like Freaky Friday where Jamie Lee Curtis switches bodies. It was great. Seeing Carl be in Janeway and strutting around a Federation ship. like, And, of course, she's in Dahl's body. And they the, the, the big bomb at the end when they're talking about joining Starfleet and Janeway in Dahl's body says, well, he can never join Starfleet because they've outlawed eugenics, so he can't go to Starfleet. And I love that little tidbit of information because it plays right into what's going on with Una on Strange New Worlds right now. Yeah, yeah totally. They're tying every, all these things together, which Star Trek needs in a bad, bad way. Um, they need to start threading these together. And I just mentioning that to me threads it together. It gives it some unity, tells you it's all the same universe. So I thought that was just awesome. And uh, see Janeway kind of walking around the Dauntless, kind of like she's drunk, kind of like, you know, She walks off the bridge and and, and says, hey, Antenna, you're in command. And she calls him in. I loved it. I thought it was great. But isn't that funny that, like, Dal's normal personality is like like a drunk (laughs) Janeway? Yeah, it's like a drunk Janeway. And I love the fact that the Diviner felt 
um, beholden to her because she saved his life. So she, he, he returned the favor and let her go. Which, yeah, that was unexpected. Yeah. I wasn't expecting that at all because that endangers by doing that, by showing that, that empathy for her, he, in essence, endangers his own mission. Um, so th- I thought that was a twist I didn't see coming at all. And mm-hmm. overall... Makes you wonder if maybe he's going to be not quite as black and white of a villain as we thought, perhaps. Mm-hmm. Maybe there's maybe. more going on there for him. Potential redemption? I don't know. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think that Lucia may actually end up being the big bad when all is said and done. But we'll have to wait and see. But I, I thoroughly... I actually watched this one a couple of times. I enjoyed it so much. I, Drunk Janeway was so funny. <laughs> when, 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 she, when she goes out, when they're doing charades, and she goes and they tell Doll Janeway that she's got to go out on the ship, and she's like, darn, I'm at the wrong end of the ship, and she's walking across the ship, and she crawls across the bridge. And they're all on the bridge watching out the bridge, and they see her crawling um, right across the bridge view screen. It's like, oh, my God, that's so funny. That's like something you'd see on Lower Decks, you know? And they pulled it all together. It didn't feel, to me, um, a kid's show. Um, it, it It had just enough of a balance where I thoroughly enjoyed it. And I didn't feel like it was a dumbed down thing like last week's holodeck episode was. This yeah. one felt very Star Trek y to me. And I thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed it. Immensely enjoyed it. And hopefully tonight's episode and uh next week's episode, part one and part two of Supernova, are just as good. So for me, yeah, I'm gonna go with a nine point nine for this one. I just really, really enjoyed it. So I'm going to go a little bit above our fans. Our fans mm. with an 8.8. I'm going to go with a wow. 9.9. And I want, because I, I because Shannon's with us, I want to turn the microphone mm-hmm. over to Shannon and hear what Shannon okay. had to say about this episode. <laughs> you don't mind, Shannon? Sure. Well, actually, I watched it right before I came on today. Um, but I was laughing so hard, I had to stop a couple times, which is awesome. Um, and when they switch bodies and rocks, like there has to be science for this. <laughs> it's like, that's right. Otherwise it's like Star Wars. <laughs> you yep. have the science before it. The, science fantasy. So that was really funny. Yeah. The only thing I was like, when I told him he's an augment and that he can never join, I'm like, oh, oh, because, you know, we know that he can't because, you know, if he, number one can't join, he's not be able to join either. So. And that's just really sad. So I couldn't give it. Otherwise, I would have given a 10. But I can't give a 10 because, you know, now we know that they can't ever join. So I give them a 9.5. But I, I thought it was really funny. Like I said, I had to keep stopping because I was laughing so hard just because it's so ridiculous. Well, I, I, let, let's let's talk about that for just a second. Let's have a little sidebar because that's what we do <laughs> on this podcast. So right, there was one other thing. Hold on before you do. We don't know what's going to oh, happen okay. with on Strange New World. But what we do mm-hmm. know, the character is going to be in season two. So something is going to happen with the character allowing number one to continue. We, we, so okay. because I definitely have thoughts on this subject. So when I'm, I'm, okay. it's, 
some point, yeah. let's, let's dive in. So when, 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 when Strange New Worlds resolves that issue, as since Prodigy is so far into the future, perhaps whatever resolution they come up with on Strange New Worlds, which we have no clue of right now, they can find mm-hmm. a loophole with that to, fig, to, to use to get Dahl into Starfleet. I mean, I'm, I'm just spitballing okay. here, but I'm thinking that if they can do it for Una, if they can find a way to do it for Una, then we can do the same for Dahl. I, I'm, I'm hoping. Okay. So that's my, that's my sidebar. Um, so what would you okay. give us? I wanna, hold on. Okay. I have one other thing really quick. That I, I was wondering if the construct is related to control because it comes from the future to destroy us, basically. Yeah, we, we talked about that. A couple of weeks ago, okay. I think it was I David wasn't, that brought wasn't that. On then. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. I, it has this like uh, sort of mechanistic look to it, right? Uh, mm-hmm. And um, and it has that kind of like red glow to it. So I mm-hmm. I don't think we actually know, but to me, we're actually in a world of Star Trek at this point that um, you know, with as much time travel as there is there are many, many alternate futures. And so as far as I'm concerned, like Star Trek has sort of um, introduced myriad multiple possibilities for technology taking over the future, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> um, yep. And yeah. so, so there doesn't have to be a tie here, but I'm, it's not, uh, it's not lost on me that there's certainly an aesthetic um, connection between the two. Mm-hmm. Cool. Yeah, anything is possible in Star Trek. Yep. So who who mm-hmm. wants uh, who wants to go next, David? Uh, you... uh, I can go. Okay, you want to jump in real quick? Um, so I was just curious before I continue. Has anyone saw tonight's episode? No. Okay, and I won't say anything. I saw right before <laughs> I you you would No, you're not, David, because you're not allowed to on this podcast. That's right. Tonight that we broadcast. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So um tonight's episode, uh yeah, it it's uh definitely probably one of my favorites. It's starting to get more and more interesting, more and more entertaining. It definitely has a lot of funny parts. Uh there's quite a lot of um ah, stuff that's been going on. So yeah, I I'm really enjoying this series now and it's getting to the point where my theory about this whole Romulan supernova thing might come to reality. I'm not exactly sure, but <laughs> uh, so yeah, um, it's interesting. It's got a lot of, um, oh man, there's a lot of uh, stuff that I'm trying to remember, but yeah, it, 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 I, I liked it. It was really good. It was, uh, I'm probably going to give this one a 10 um, because of how much I enjoyed it. So Yep, that's my uh, take on it. All right, short and to the point. We like that. Keep it short. Keep it simple. That's cool. Um, you know what? We'll let Paul bring up the caboose, and we'll we'll swing back to Vegas, and we'll get we'll let Charles jump in here. All right. I thought this what? was really good. Uh, it was entertaining stuff. A um, couple things on here that for me were were really interesting. I think uh, I, it's impossible to. Uh, avoid the uh, Spock Amok reference that you made, uh, Jim. I mean, it really had that deja vu momentary, you know, association with it because it's and probably coincidence, right? Just that, you know, two 
shows working independently decided to do something, you know, that's thematically similar. It happens all the time. But and initially I was kind of like you for the first five minutes. I was just like, well, you know, I don't know if, if I'm not going to this may not work for me. But I the strength of the cast is what pulled me together. OK. And what really brought me in and I thought was great. I mean, the the whole body swapping thing, right, is kind of stuff that can be a little a little taxing, a little tiresome at first, but I got to give massive, massive props to Brett Gray, who does the voice of Dahl, okay, because he was eerie uh, in his, uh, he wasn't just, yeah. you know, Portrayal doing an impersonation. Yeah. Yes, I mean, he wasn't <laughs> yeah. doing an imitation of, of the way of her as a character. I mean, he had her inflections and the way she speaks and her more formal i mean it was like he was inhabiting her it was downright uncanny he did remark and it was just absolutely consistent throughout the entire thing so i mean it, i'm he kind of <laughs> and sorry kate mulgrew i think he kind of did a better job of the of the swamp <laughs> impersonation than, than she did and she's no you know slouch as an actor but he did a remarkable job and for me that was really what sold it and uh, and like I was talking about earlier, I don't know what it is about uh, Jenkins Pog, but that character just keeps getting more and more interesting to me uh, every time. Um, just seeing the things he's going through, uh, really cool uh, embodiment of the character on there it can be bitter and kind of against things, and and just his commentary about stuff. I don't know. It's just really a great ensemble of characters and different points of view coming together on there. But uh, I I thought it was really entertaining. Um, the whole thing you pointed out, Jim, I do want to get back to briefly about the whole thing. Cause it's a fascinating reveal. We just found out a couple episodes, right? I mean, maybe two episodes ago that Dal is like some kind of genetic construct, if you'll pardon the expression, um, and not, you know, necessarily his organic self, but in the same predicament, like you're saying that number one finds herself in, right? Oh, because you're an augment or whatever, you can't join Starfleet, right? Well, I think it's a mistake to think that that's an absolute. All right, because here's what I think is my my own suspicions on how this will work is just like this: it's so many things in the history of this country that have been uh, set in stone, so to be, and then enough folks said, "Wow, you know, this is wrong and it's not fair. Let's change it." Right? You can't get married. You're one black person. You're one white person. You can't be a citizen. You uh, weren't born in the United States of America on home soil. You can't uh, get married. You're two gay people. Those things were changed because enough people brought together and said this is wrong. This is fundamentally not something that aligns itself with the definition of human rights. And I think this whole issue that we're seeing across platforms of different shows right now of the augments being you know, persona non grata in Starfleet is, is a corollary that they're, they're using as metaphor to help comment on these things that we see in our own society. So I suspect there's going to be something akin to that, or there's going to be, uh, do you remember, um, uh, uh, what was it? Original series, uh, was it court martial, right? Samuel T. Cogsley, attorney at law, Oh yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, I, right. I would love to see that character because yeah, so he's funny. around. Yeah, he's around. He's got the big yeah. office full of books, right? You know, he's like books, yep. young man, yes. books. You know, <laughs> yes. I book. want that yeah. character. Okay, Samuel T. Cogsley, attorney at law. I want him defending number one 
in a big trial that makes it so that he is talking about the rights of uh, of all things augment and and defending their humanity. And I think that would be a great episode. And I suspect something like that's in the workings and that they're going to upend this because you've got two characters, both of whom the audience loves and identifies with, and yet they're being treated unfairly. And that's, that's at the heart of Star Trek. And so I think we're really going to see that dealt with is my suspicion. Um, but this was a really interesting episode just because it, it dealt with a lot of things like that, right? Goofy slapstick stuff that was kind of funny. Um, human rights that we're feeling, uh, you know, frustrated about um, surprising compassion from the diviner, all these, you know, moments and ad- advancing the plot towards a big two part finale. Um, I myself was a little skeptical at first. I'm like, okay, I don't know if there's two ships chasing each other through, a, you know, two combined warp bubbles that you can do this trapeze act. And I mean, I would think that the, anybody outside in, Traveling through warp would be like if I hit a mosquito on the I-5 doing 90, right? <laughs> That's what I would expect to have happen. So the fact that they were able to somehow float about there, I was like, I don't know if you can do that, guys. Physics and stuff. But I was willing to suspend my disbelief because it, uh, it was just a big, zany, entertaining thing. And it was just it, – it fit well. And so sometimes you have to allow uh, – the charisma and the rapport of the performances in the story to overwhelm your, uh, the suspension of disbelief in terms of treating things realistically. And I think this is a good show and a great episode to, to do that for. So a lot going on here. Um, it definitely left me super excited for the two part finale. Um, I'm super fond of this cast and the, the writers that are putting the show together. Um, so in the spirit of holiday joy and giving, I'll be giving this episode a nine, uh, because I think it, uh, while you might be able to be tempted to say, oh, this is just kind of filler to carry you over towards the uh, the two-part finale, I think there was a lot going on. And uh, and really uh, interesting work uh, from everybody coming together towards the common uh, goal with the story. And uh, again, just really showing uh, phenomenal uh, charisma from this really great cast. Hold on to this cast if you can. But uh, for me, a nine, uh, very entertaining, enjoyed it immensely. All right, Eric, what about you? Oh, man, there is so much good stuff. Uh, you guys have already hit on most of it. I also was a big fan of this episode and also approached it cautiously. Um, when it starts and you get the Freaky Friday thing that happens, you're like, Ugh, oh, my God, I've seen this a 100 times. I'm so bored with this. And yet, somehow they managed to pull it together and give us uh, both character development, interesting plot points, um, we get resolution of some like serious tension points that we've had throughout the season. Um, I feel like this was a big, what I call relief episode where, um, I don't know, I, I'm one of these people who always gets uh, excited slash frustrated with stories where the audience knows stuff that the characters on the screen don't know. Um, And I feel like that's been going on for a little bit with us, um, whereby we knew that the people on the Protostar were not bad guys, but Janeway didn't know. And now we finally get resolution of that. So I did like that part of the story um, quite a bit. Uh, In turn, well, let me just say my favorite part of this episode, (laughs) which I just sent in our group chat, was the Janeway finger guns. You know, (laughs) when we get Dahl as Janeway, we get finger guns a couple of times. We get some pew, pew, pew. Uh, 
So I just, <laughs> yeah. it's like the stuff that you would never actually see Kate Mulgrew do on screen unless she was inhabited by some kind of like alien, right? Because um, I actually just recently watched this interesting video where they were talking about on Voyager, all of the actors were actually encouraged to play emotionless or uh, characters with less emotion on the screen because they, they felt like they just wanted to kind of like dial back the emotion uh, on the screen. And the fact that we get Admiral Janeway giving us finger guns, although it's actually doll, just loved it. Um, hilarious. Um, there's obviously, as you guys were just talking about, an augment situation here that needs to get resolved, and I do think that we're probably going to see that um, over the next couple of episodes. That just makes a lot of good sense. Totally agree with Paul. I feel like Britt Gray just nailed his... Uh, I won't say impersonation, but like depiction of Janeway. I don't think Kate Mulgrew was any slouch, though. I mean, I thought she did a decent Dal, but I agree. It was kind of like a, a 100% versus 75% like uh, of performances. You know, he just completely nailed it. So I did love that part of this episode. Um, what else? Uh, you know, the, I, I think the construct is kind of an interesting concept, um, it's, uh, I don't think we're going to learn too much more about it. I feel like it's kind of this like nameless, faceless thing, whereas control had a face and became a character. And I don't think we're going to see the construct sort of become a character necessarily. But, um, in addition to what I've already said, I guess a couple of my other favorite points in this episode, love it when the Tellarite, I don't know if he, he's not the first officer, but he's like maybe the third officer. He's the data of the ship, perhaps. Takes. Oh, no, he's the doctor, I think is what he's it is. He's the doctor. He, he takes the coffee to Janeway, and he's like, here, you need to drink this. <laughs> and, you know, if you're a Voyager fan, you know that there's coffee in that nebula and that it's very important to Janeway to keep her coffee intake going, so. I thought that was a pretty cool. The doll spits it out and says, that's disgusting. How does she drink that? <laughs> right, right. Which is exactly the same thing that my teenage kid does every single, single time I try to give her coffee. She's like, God, Dad, how do you even drink this stuff? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Somehow we, we gain a taste for the bitter stuff in life. But um, I, I'll just – finish my discussion um, with the fact that um, so uh, you were talking, Paul, about the warp bubble and the situation there. So as far as I know, if I think back to my technical manual days, what, what the Starship <laughs> does, no, seriously, there's a really cool book that explains this. It like, so the warp bubble is essentially a separation that occurs between the ship that separates it uh, from space and nor and subspace, like and a so protective it, membrane. Is that it's what like you're a protective to... membrane? So we, it's, okay. when you're in the bubble, you're in the subspace zone, and so as long as you stay inside the bubble, you're all good. Um, if you go outside the bubble, then bad things happen. And there are a couple of episodes where like people are in warp, and then they go outside the warp bubble, and like bad things happen, and ships get destroyed, and that kind of stuff. Oh, so, okay. Um, I, I'm not saying that this episode was entirely consistent with uh, technical manual stuff because there were like some like really nitty-gritty points that if you're a total, total technical Star Trek nerd were inconsistent. But generally speaking, the warp bubble is a concept that allows you to travel within it uh, unencumbered. 
so to speak, from normal space. So. Very cool. Hey. I love getting a little education with my Trek talking, man. That's great. Tie this into Star Trek Discovery because we see Michael Burnham on the hull of the Discovery at warp speed in the trailer. Yeah, for sure we do. And uh, same concept, there's a warp bubble involved. The one thing that I have not found, which is an adjacent topic that I won't dive too deeply into, but the one thing that I haven't found a really good explanation or reason for is the difference between the shields that we see during the TNG era, which is basically like a spherical or, you know, uh, elongated sphere uh, bubble around the ship versus the shields that we see in, like, Strange New Worlds and Discovery, where it's a skin. It's a skin that's tight to the hull of the ship. Entirely different type of shielding. And there are some stuff online, some Reddit threads and that kind of stuff that... um, Uh, Eric, it's not... It's not tight against the the ship on Strange New Worlds. Remember, the two gals walked between the hull and the shield. Fair enough. Discovery absolutely has those tight to the ship shields, uh, and there is there are several threads online that you all can go out and discover uh, on your own that kind of discuss that. But there's no like conclusive description from the. There's no like Michael Okuda description of the difference between bubble shields and skin shields well i think i think i think it's just called technology like in the 60s they had cardboard but but the thing is jim is that it's almost like regressive technology because the older show uh even back in seasons one and two discovery had skin shields and then later we get um we get the other type of shields and then back in discovery, we get skin shields again. So there's a, there's an evolution of shield technology here that happens that hasn't been completely resolved. If you're really tracking canon. So Eric, (laughs) are you trying to tell me, are you explaining to me and I learn everything through metaphor, right? That's the only way I can function. Are you telling me that a warp bubble and shields is kind of like a condom basically that's, that's encasing the ship. Yeah. Yeah, protecting when you it against its shield, outside environment. Yeah, totally. How do you not think of that, right? I mean, it's well, kind of it's, my... Well, it's, it's, it's like a glove. Yeah, it's a very tight okay. glove. Okay, sure. I'll never be able to hear skin shields and think of them the same way now. Thank <laughs> well, you. you know, Thank there's you. a little bit of both there. Yeah, sure. yeah and so, yeah, I'm, I'm going to take that metaphor and close it off before it gets too ugly about what <laughs> Dal and Janeway Thank are you. as they're swimming around <laughs> beneath the skin shield. But carry we'll on, leave that to our audience. Uh, carry, carry on, carry on, audience. <laughs> So, Eric, what was your final score? Oh, yeah. Uh, so, super solid episode, guys. Uh, I love that it, it switched my view from, oh, my God, to, oh, yeah, this is actually pretty good. So, I'll give it a nine. A nine. And as promised, as promised, Charles, you get to bring up the caboose. All right. Well, I didn't really get a chance. I didn't. I was bouncing around, doing different things this week, and didn't really get around to looking at my cadet review. And as we talked, remind me, yeah, I missed one. One that for a lot of people, that probably people didn't even catch. But there was a great reference to Threshold. Mm-hmm. The yeah. Salamander thing. Yeah. Because it's like, well, I... I've been a I've been a salamander. It's like, oh, great reference, Janeway. 
But she and Paris became little salamanders. And there's been some great jokes on Delta Flyer about that that is that uh, episode. But I thought we had a lot of fun with one of the scenes I enjoyed was Janeway talking to Janeway. Where she sat there and talked the hologram. And they decided to well, while those two are talking to each other, let's make Dow look like Janeway. So we actually got Janeway talking to Janeway. And it's like, well, is it really you? And the process of being really you, we get to see the two of them. She gives up a secret, and we see the two of them together. And I think that was a good scene between those two. <clears throat> we talk about how Dow plays it. <clears throat> but I love how Janeway plays Dow in being the de- the detective and learning about what's going on and really trying to get to learn who this crew is. And I didn't really get the I didn't really get the chance to do in the Freaky Friday as much as I kind of like okay what happened okay they switched okay let me see what happens <clears throat> yes we do have references to a couple of different occasions where people have done this but this is I think an interesting perspective because they weren't trying to. Well, Dal was trying to play Janeway's life, but Janeway wasn't had to worry about playing Dal's life. And it got Janeway on our side. Yeah, and Charles, I actually thought that was a good, like, lesson moment, too. We talk about Star Trek as a morality play, and to me, Janeway was modeling the right way to react in that situation, whereas Dal was modeling the, like, play it off thing, which in the end didn't right. work out as well. Right. He was having trouble trying to keep the secret and just trying to figure out a way with and that was his problem of getting her in trouble because of it. That's right. So just be honest about what's going on and it turns out that the people around you are likely to want to help with it. Problem is I'm not sure Starfleet people would have wanted to be willing to help Dow if they were new, it was him, especially Diviner. I'm not sure if the, it'd be interesting if Diviner would have reacted the same way if he was realizing it was Dal and not her. Absolutely would not have. Yeah, I think it would have been completely different. And I actually think that um, Starfleet reacting the way they did towards Admiral Janeway when she goes all wiggy makes sense, right? Because you've got to take her right. out of commission until she actually makes sense. Right. So definitely kind of leads you to the point of like, okay, what is going to happen? And I've heard a lot of chatter about this being the new two-parter coming up. And it's like, okay, let's see what they do with this two-parter. But they've built us up to a good segue into that two-parter, especially when they come out of warp and here comes the fleet. And it's like, oh, no, 
because we know that construct's got a pretty good ability if it if it's allowed to do what it yeah. tries to do. Bad news. Bad news. It is like control in that it affects uh, in infects everything around it, right? It goes from one system yeah. to the next to the next to the next. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe Shannon's control theory is like I'm starting to like think a little bit more about that. The connections here. <laughs> Good call, Shannon. Well, there's the, there's some similarities between yeah for sure the construct and control. Yeah. So I think it's going to be an interesting. We'll see what happens. I mean, the construct I, is like is is like a targeted weapon, whereas control had a sentience to it. So we haven't seen a sentience from the construct, but so I guess that's the main difference. But still. Similar motive. But, um, we don't yeah. know. Oh, we don't know, though. <laughs> because it's known where to go. Was this part of the plan? Or was this part of its known ability what to do? Because yeah. it did know to have Drainway trick the crew into preventing, uh, preventing them from allowing it to complete its mission. Mm-hmm. So we will have to see. But I think I will agree with Eric and Paul on this one and give it a 9, which will give us an overall host score of a 9.4. Excellent. Wow. That's awesome. That is awesome. Well, guys, that wraps up our review of uh, Mind Walk. Next week, we'll talk about Supernova Part 1. And now it's time for Convention All right, Absolutely. We're going to start in the great Northeast at the Garden State Comic Fest, Winterfest 2023, January 28th through the 29th of next year, 2023, at the Sussex County Fairgrounds in beautiful Augusta, New Jersey. That's right. Go to New Jersey and check out some comics. We're also going to be checking out the St. Helens Sci-Fi Comic and Toy Fair. January 29th at the Hotel Mercure St. Helens in St. Helens in the UK, just across the pond. And the Anime Expo Santiago, that's right, way down in the other hemisphere, February 3rd through the 5th at the Centro Cultural Escocion Mapocho in Santiago, Chile. Paul, what do you got on your list? All kinds of good stuff coming up, man. And again, we're looking ahead into February. And first of all, oh man, I'd love to go to this one. February 11th to 12th at the Jio World Center in Mumbai, India. It's Mumbai Comic Con, one of the greatest nations on the planet. Oh my goodness. And again, just formerly people used to say Bombay back in the day. It's Mumbai, friends. Mumbai, India, and February 11th and 12th, that is where you're going to see an enormous collection of phenomenal, enthusiastic science fiction fans. That's a con to get to if you can. I Just imagining it is just makes me giddy. Closer to home in Boston, uh, where I used to hang my hat, it's Boscone 2023, February 17th to the 19th at the Western Boston Seaport District. Ah, you can smell it from here. That's right. <laughs> Any convention in Boston is a good convention because that's a hell of a town, friends. February 17th to 19th, Boscone, 
2023. And finally, just north, where right now it is so cold that I don't even know how to find the right words to say it. But it's so cold, you basically think you're in a remake of the thing. In Vancouver, British Columbia, in Canada, February 18th to 20th, it's Fan Expo Vancouver 2023. February 18th to 20th, it's the Vancouver Convention Center. Hang in there, my Canadian friends. I know that you are the ones to bear the brunt of this colossal once-in-a-generation storm that is hurtling our way right now. So uh, you survived it. It gives us uh, hope that maybe we can, too. So pretty extreme conditions we're all finding ourselves in. Canada, I always look up to you, and I look up like someone uh, looks up admiringly. It just makes me feel optimistic knowing you're up there. Sorry to be such weird downstairs neighbors. David, what do you got on your radar, buddy? Well, looks like I got a Intercon 2023 from March 2nd to the 5th at the Crown Plaza Providence Warwick Airport in Warwick, Rhode Island. Next on the list is KinseyCon 2023, March 3rd to the 5th at Butler County Fairgrounds in Hamilton, Ohio. Next and last on my list is CoastCon from March 3rd to the 5th at Mississippi Coast Coliseum and Convention Center in Biloxi, Mississippi. Charles, what's on your list? Well, let's start off with Fairfax Comic Con, March 4th at the Dallas Expo Center, Chantilly, Virginia. Capitola Comic Con, March 4th and 5th, Kona, Coco and Grove, Santa Cruz, California. And uh, furthermore, March 10th to 12th, at the Hyatt Regency Crystal City in Reagan National Airport in Arlington, Virginia. I don't know, Paul, Paul's a little interested about that fur fur con. Yeah, I got my theories about that one, but, you know, I think it's also, uh, it's fascinating to me that, uh, when you see a cultural phenomenon becoming so uh, more ingrained and widely accepted. And, uh, and it, it's, it's interesting to me, especially one that is so um, benevolent and, uh, and optimistic and, uh, and certainly isn't hurting anybody. So I'm, I'm very intrigued by it. It's, it's a you know, relatively new subculture uh, in the world that is the Zany universe. I'm not sure how new it is. I do remember a furry con brought into discussion on an episode of CSI Vegas. And that's my only exposure to that. And it's like, interesting. that got rather yeah. interesting. <laughs> but now's about the time I just need to sit there and say, computer news. Priority one message from Starfleet coming in on secured channel. Incoming transmission. Enter authorization code. Command codes verified. Define parameters of program. Level nine authorization required. Specify parameters. Transfer of data is complete. Black alert. Black alert. 
All right, Eric, you've got our first news story. Take it away. Yeah, our first news story this week is a remembrance, Jim. Gabrielle Beaumont, the first woman to direct a Star Trek episode, has unfortunately died. Last year, we celebrated the birthday of this pioneering director who lobbied to get Joan Collins cast on Dynasty and who was Daphne du Maurier's cousin. We must now let you know that the British producer and director Gabrielle Beaumont has died at the ripe old age of 80. According to The Hollywood Reporter, Beaumont died peacefully at her home in Spain. After Beaumont's work on British horror films, Aaron Spelling hired her to direct television episodes, and she went on to work on many series, including M.A.S.H., Hill Street Blues, and Law and Order. Beaumont became the first woman to direct an episode of Star Trek, Star Trek The Next Generation Season 3 entry, Booby Trap. In all, she directed seven episodes of TNG, including Booby Trap, The High Ground, Suddenly Human, Disaster, Imaginary Friend, Face of the Enemy, and Lower Decks. And one episode each of Star Trek Deep Deep Space Nine in Purgatory Shadow and Star Trek Voyager Blink of an Eye. In 1986, Beaumont received an Emmy nomination for Outstanding Directing in a Drama Series for Hill Street Blues. So uh, we have lost a multi-talented actress and director, Gabrielle Beaumont, lost at the ripe old age of 80 years old this year. Paul, uh, what do you got for us? Well, my friend, it's pretty exciting. Uh, We were just talking about this show not that long ago, but uh, believe it or not, Fire up the Victrola. Star Trek Strange New World Season 1 is coming to Blu-ray, DVD, and Steelbook this coming March. Star Trek Strange New World Season 1 arrives on Blu-ray, DVD, and limited edition Blu-ray Steelbook. I don't know if you're a Steelbook collector, but they're pretty cool. You can use them to, uh, you know, hurl at your... Uh, <laughs> As a mighty coaster for your flagging of air. Blocking the screen. You're like, hey, out of the way, down in front. You could just hang them there. They'll pay attention. But uh, it hits all those formats. I don't see 4K here, though, interestingly. On March 21st, 2023, from CBS Home Entertainment and Paramount Home Entertainment, the release features over 90 minutes of special features, including exclusive to Home Entertainment cast and crew interviews, gag reel, deleted scenes, and more. The series brought back classic episodic storytelling mixed with serialized character arcs. The first season was highly regarded with many fans, including most of us here on Trek Talking. It also saw critical acclaim with a 99% fresh rating on Rotten Tomatoes. hoo It won a Legacy Award from the Hollywood Critics Association as well as a Saturn Award for Best Streaming Science Fiction Series. It also picked up an Emmy nomination for sound editing. In addition to the 10 episodes, the limited edition Blu-ray Steelbook, Blu-ray, and DVD have the following special features. Pike's Peak, exclusive. Anson Mount takes fans through his journey as Captain Christopher Pike in the first season of Star Trek Exchange in the World, providing a glimpse into his portrayal with intimate footage throughout the season. World building, led by production designer Jonathan Lee and his team. The season's production design utilizing cutting-edge technology to create worlds prior to shoots, allowing the actors to fully immerse themselves into scenes rather than imagine the worlds around them in a green room. Through interviews and producers, cast and crew, fans will learn about the expertise involved in the development process and how the powerful technology was seamlessly integrated in the show. 
I would also be curious to learn how a dining hall can be as large as a basketball arena. I mean, they have a lot of elbow room on this particular enterprise, right? It's uh, it, uh, Captain Pike's quarters are like something out of White Lotus. I mean, it's just crazy, the amount of room. I guess they want you to really feel unfettered and uh, not claustrophobic during those long uh, multi-year missions. So perhaps the production designer will help explain that. I'm, I'm very curious. Exploring Strange New Worlds. Exclusive. Fans will explore the storylines and characters that bring Star Trek Strange New Worlds to life with writers, cast, and crew. Commentary. Commentary tracks can be a lot of fun with both Anson Mount and Akiva Goldsman. Strange New Worlds. Exclusive. Deleted scenes. Exclusive. And gag reel. Also exclusive. So that's all we got coming together there, friends, for that particular uh, release coming in March 21st. I don't know if you're a betting person, but it would not surprise me that if uh, you might pencil that in on your calendar, but it wouldn't surprise me at all if around the serendipitous release date of that Blu-ray coming out that uh, Paramount announces when we can expect the second season of Strange New Worlds to drop for streaming. My guess is going to be sometime May, perhaps. That's what my spider sense says, but I could be wrong. I'm wrong all the time, so we'll find out. But I'm betting we'll get a lot more information about what to expect, and we'll see a lot more of the promotional juggernaut kicking in once that uh, starts to happen. And friends, I know the show is still a lot more show to come, but this particular elf has to jump into an escape pod and blast off. The ice storm is hitting. I got to do a dog walk real quick and make sure that uh, we got the hashes battened down because that Canadian cold is on its way. So I'm going to pass this back over to Charles, Eric, and Jim. Have a great rest of your night, gentlemen, and stay safe. Good night, Paul. Stay, stay safe, Paul. And right. Strange New World on DVD and Blu-ray, I'm in the works to and get us emotional copies that we can give away to you guys uh, a little bit closer to March. So you want to stay tuned for that because we might have some free copies to give to you guys. So stay tuned for that. Uh, I looked, I took a quick look on Amazon. There is the extended Blu-ray and a 4k copy. So both are on there. And now my report Interesting, I missed this article somehow, and I got told by a comic reader about it last night at the Star Trek uh, Club meeting. IDW celebrates 30th anniversary of Star Trek Deep Space Nine with Dog of War miniseries. IEW's new five-issue DS9 comic miniseries titled Star Trek Deep Space Nine, The Dog of War, will kick off in April 2023. It marks the comic book debut of the novelist Michael Chin, who is being partnered with veteran Star Trek comic artist Angel Hernandez. Together, they are creating a lost episode within the timeline of the original Deep Space Nine series. The official synopsis. In this new miniseries, an extremely rare purebreed corgi 
from Earth makes its way aboard Deep Space Nine when Cork cuts a deal to procure it for a potential buyer. After all, a Ferengi without profits is no Ferengi at all. But the Corgi named Lithium comes with unexpected cargo that shakes up Captain Benjamin Sisko to the core. A Borg component discovered by a crew sent to uncover Cardassian technology after the station's reoccupation. So Deep Space Nine is the defining Star Trek show for an entire generation of fans. So be able to tell additional episodes in the in comic form. Excuse me. The series' 30th anniversary is extra special. So Star Trek senior editor Heather Antos. Star Trek Deep Space Nine, the dog of war number one, will be available in April with several variant covers, including cover A by series artist Angel Hernandez, a wraparound cover by Frith Fringuli, featuring the cast of Star Trek Lower Decks, and cover C by longtime My Pony artist Andy Price. Connecting with connecting with covers of all five issues to create an amazing diorama of DS9 characters with look-alike canine companions. <laughs> I hear each episode is going to have a canine on the cover that looks a little bit like one of the characters. I love those connecting diorama cover things when you can put them all together and make a picture out of it. I think that's so cool. That'd be interesting to see. That might obviously work just to own. Jeez, do I need to own at least two different cover sets of covers to be able to see those pictures, or hope somebody can get those pictures together. But that'll be an interesting, interesting series. I just checked Amazon, and they don't have it up yet. So that'll probably be further down the line. But this will be another IDW for us to be reading. And, oh, by the way, folks, uh, for IDW, uh, Lower Decks number three is out, and Star Trek Strange New World issue one is out. The Illyrian Enigma. Illyrian Enigma, which both are very good reads. The The finale for Lower Decks is good and is funny. And is very in the style lower decks. And then Illyrian one, they get into an interesting situation. But that one, I like the opener. I think they're definitely going to have some fun with this one. But that'll be a comic corner probably the second week in January. We're probably going to discuss that one when we're on our short hiatus. Think so, Jim? Oh, absolutely. We're going to have some some time to fill, and we have a lot of comic books, so definitely. And, you know, speaking of uh, time to fill in Prodigy, Star Trek Prodigy and of our Burton Land Emmy Awards, Lower Decks nabs a Critics' Choice nomination. It's awards season for Star Trek franchise, And this week, the animated Star Trek Prodigy brought home its first Emmy Award, and Trek veteran LeVar Burton was honored by the Television Academy, and Star Trek Lower Decks caught critics' attention, 
still in the midst of the first season. Star Trek Prodigy was also nominated for two awards at the first annual Children's and Family Emmy Awards. The prestigious outstanding animated series award for which it was bestered by Netflix series City of the Ghosts, an outstanding individual achievement in production design for which series art director Alessandro Tani brought home the win. In addition, Star Trek The Next Generation veteran LeVar Burton received a Lifetime Achievement Emmy Award at the ceremony. After a decades-long career of inspiring young readers through his television show, Reading Rainbow, and the digital forums he's moved into since the conclusion of the series. An actor, director, and educator, Burton has taught multiple generations of children about the joys of reading through his work on the Reading Rainbow. He has been honored with 13 Emmy Awards, three NAACP PAC, and Grammy Awards for Spoken Word Album, a Peabody Award, and the Fred Rogers Awards. Uh, the Immoral, the Amori Prize for Ethics and Entertainment, and a star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. The city of Sacramento dedicated LeVar Burton Park in his honor, and President Bill Clinton appointed Burton as commissioner of the National Commission like on Libraries and Information Sciences. Burton is the award-winning author of The Rhino Who Swallowed a Storm a kid's book about imagination, and his Grammy-nominated book, Aftermath. His podcast, LeVar Burton Reads, has been downloaded more than 25 million times. Recently, he launched the LeVar Burton Book Club via the Fable app. Finally, Star Trek Lower Decks has also caught the eye of award voters as the Critics' Choice Association nominated the show as one of six best animated series for 2022. The 28th Annual Critics' Choice Awards will take place on Sunday, January 15th, 2023, in Los Angeles, California. Wow. You know, what a year for Star Trek and for LeVar Burton. I think that's it's been a long time in the coming and very well deserved. Well, and Jim, uh, like I was seeing things uh, after that was announced online about, oh, you know, uh, Lifetime Achievement Awards used to be given to guys who were old and had done, uh, you know, a million things in their career and blah, blah, blah. Well, uh, people forget that LeVar Burton is 65 years old this year. So, you know, he's not old, but man, the man is getting up there. And when you look at the sheer um, impact cultural impact on American culture of the things that he's been involved in. I think that's where they're going with this, right? They talk about reading rainbow here, which of course is a juggernaut in and of itself, but they haven't talked at all about um, roots. You know, I mean, to me roots was one of those special moments in time. Uh, I believe it was in the eighties. I don't have it in front of me, but uh, where, it was a it was a it was a way in which the country could um, discuss racial relationships in a meaningful way at a time in which we were all many much of the country was kind of dealing with um, you know how to grapple with kind of the aftermath of the 60s um, so uh, I just think that him uh, receiving a lifetime achievement award to me makes 
a ton of sense, despite the fact that he's still, I guess, relatively young. Um, I am a huge fan of his podcast. Charles, I know you love audiobooks. I'm not sure if you listen to LaBarbera and Reed. for quite a while. I have listened to some of his work yeah. in the, in yeah. the early, early, early years, early series. It's been many months since he's actually posted something. I think LaBarbera and Reed is on a little bit of a hiatus right now, but I will say that if you are a friend of reading a rainbow uh, and you are an adult now <laughs> and you still want to hear that uh, soft, supple voice of LeVar Burton tell you stories that are related to sci-fi or horror or other genres that people of our ilk tend to get into, uh, check out that LeVar Burton Reads podcast and go back to some of those old episodes because uh, they're a joy to listen to. And, um, you know, it's more like a, a TV 14 type environment uh, versus what was on Reading Rainbow. So you get a little bit more of that adult theme uh, in the stories that he tells. Love that he got this award. That was probably my favorite part of this article, Jim. Well, guess what, guys? The storm is starting to roll in here to Vermont right now. So uh, here it comes, and we made it. We made it to the end of the show without any problems, which is awesome. I want to say thank you uh, to Ray for calling in from the Bronx. Thank you so much, Ray. We love to hear from you. And thank you to our very own Shannon. We don't hear from Sharon, uh, Shannon very often, but we love to hear from Shannon when she can squeeze us in. So thank you very much to Shannon for giving us a call and spending some time with us. And of course, thank you to our very own Paul who had to go because the storm has moved into his area as well. So thank you, Paul. And thank you to our very own Eric for hanging out and Trek talking with us. Thank you so much, Eric. Better believe it. I'm going to dash out quick and walk that dog myself before I have to hunker down for the night. (laughs) I'll probably let my dog out too when we get done here. And thank you to our very own Charles for hanging out and Trek talking with us as well. Thank you, Charles. Oh, thank you. It's always fun talking Trek and you guys stay safe. Don't forget about David, but you guys stay safe out there. You guys are getting the brunt of this storm while we're trying to stay stay warm and stay safe. So, Yep, everyone's got to do that. And I think, I think didn't David go out to get some donuts? Uh, he did not go out to get da- uh, donuts. He had to go uh, for other reasons. But uh, I still maintain the uh, mantle of Donut Guy. This week I'm going to go fry some Sufgan Yot tonight myself. All right. Well, guys, uh, for those of you who celebrate Christmas, um, have a very safe and uh, merry Christmas with your family. Also, if you celebrate and, Hanukkah, I think today is the yes, fourth or fifth, fifth day of night. Hanukkah. Fifth night. Fifth night tonight. So happy Hanukkah to you if you celebrate Hanukkah as well. And I'm your most. And don't forget. Ju- don't forget. Yep. I I I know there are people out there. Don't forget Kwanzaa is coming right up uh, next week. Also before our next show. That's right. All right. So right, on the happy, yep, happy Kwanzaa. And, and I'm your most excellent. Day. Yeah, that too. <laughs> and uh, yeah, and happy Blood Oath Day as well. Uh, day there of honor, go. if you're a Klingon. Uh, so listen, guys, I'm your most excellent host, Uncle Jim, saying please, Star Trek fans are the best fans. Stay safe and be good to each other. Hailing frequencies are closed. We will see you same bat time, same bat channel next Thursday. Have a good night, everybody. Bye-bye. Live long and prosper. Let's see what's out there.
When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details.